What difference can one person make? A lot. A lot. In some cases, more than we might even imagine. For instance, the name Lauren Jackson probably doesn't mean much to you. It it certainly was a name that I was unfamiliar with, but to a KU basketball player named Jamari Trailer, the name Lauren Jackson means the world to him. If you haven't read or heard Jamari's story, you really ought to take time to get on the internet and read it. It is inspiring. His early years didn't offer him much hope. His dad was arrested and given a life sentence for dealing drugs, and over time, Jamari and his mom began to clash with one another, and his attitude was bad. He had a bitter spirit over his father, who was uh, now in prison for the rest of his life. He was failing school and causing trouble about everywhere he went. He eventually ended up out on the streets in South Chicago uh, for a year, he lived in the back seat of an abandoned car. The only reason that he stayed in school was to get a warm meal for that day. Other than that, school was not his thing. He did spend quite a bit of time in in a neighborhood gym, and primarily just to try and keep warm in those cold winter evenings. A high school coach named Lauren Jackson began to hear about him heard about a kid who had some pretty good natural talent in the game of basketball, but he needed structure, he needed someone to harness his energy, he needed someone to give him direction, and so Coach Johnson invited Jamari to come and just practice in his gym, and Jamari did. And over time, they developed a relationship, and there came a time that that Jackson invited Jamari to actually live with him. And Jamari didn't quite know what to do with that. He didn't know uh, uh, about someone being nice to him and showing care to him. He'd never had that done for him. But he took the opportunity and he moved in with Coach Jackson and he began to play for his basketball team. And over time, he began to notice his name in the paper there in Chicago as on a list of the top 40 basketball prospects in the city. He liked that. He liked seeing his name in the paper. And it made him work harder, and he was not afraid to work hard. And over a period of time, he noticed his name just moving up that list, and eventually he was on the top five prospects of basketball players in the city of Chicago, and many of you will know the rest of his story. He was offered a a scholarship to play for KU. And who would have thought that he would have had that kind of opportunity? Certainly, he would have never had that kind of opportunity had not a coach named Lauren Jackson show care to him and love to him. And then later, as he got to KU, he had uh, Bill Self, who... who showed the same kind of care and love to him. I don't know if you happened to hear uh, Jamari's senior speech a few weeks ago. If you didn't hear it, you ought to try and listen to that. It was, it was just inspiring to hear of how a coach can make a difference in a young man's life. I'm asking you this morning, what difference can one person make in somebody else's life? 
a lot. And we're going to see that from the text today as well, that one person can make a difference. And the person that I'm talking about is named Barnabas. I want to read to you his story. It begins in Acts chapter 4, verses 34 through 37. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now you talk about a difference maker. Barnabas was making a difference through his generosity and through his encouragement. In fact, he was so well known for his encouragement to others that the apostles gave to him a new name. His given name was Joseph. But the apostles began to call him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. They called him that because that's who he was and that's what he did. He was an encourager to other people. In this case, he was an encourager to the poor and to the needy to such an extent that he sold a piece of property that he had and he took the proceeds from that sale and he gave it to the apostles for them to distribute to people who were in need. Barnabas was not just a talker, he was a doer. He lived his faith out. He put his money where his mouth was and he was making a difference in people's lives. Interestingly, every time we see Barnabas in the book of Acts, he's encouraging someone. He's living out his faith. He's practicing what his name means. You might want to turn to Acts chapter 9. I want to remind you what's going on here in this particular text. Saul has become a Christian. And this is, this is big news because Saul was persecuting the church. He was imprisoning Christians. He was killing Christians. He was on a mission to stop the first century church in its tracks. But Jesus had a different mission for Saul. Jesus' mission for Saul was that he would become the greatest missionary of all time. And so you remember what happened on the road to Damascus. Paul, Saul was traveling towards Damascus to do his thing towards Christians, to enslave them, to kill them. And Jesus met him on the road through a bright light. He was blinded for three days. He went into the city as he was instructed to do. And, and you remember Jesus then sent Ananias to Saul to share with him the good news, and Saul becomes a Christian. He's baptized into Jesus Christ, and verse 20 of chapter 9 says that he immediately began to preach the gospel with great power. And people were wondering, what in the world has happened to this fellow? He was once persecuting Christians, now he is one, and he's trying to help others become one. 
Well, Saul's road was not going to be an easy road. He meets opposition in Damascus. And he barely escapes with his life. He comes to Jerusalem. He's seeking fellowship. He's he's needing support of other Christians. He wants to connect with the church. Let me read to you Acts chapter 9, verse 26. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. Can we blame them? I, I think we'd probably be right with them. In fact, as I was reading this text, it was reminding me of one of Ajay Lal's preachers in India whose name is Mahipal. He was an extremist. He was, he was actually training other Hindus to how to persecute Christians, how to kill Christians. That was a part of his responsibility. He was a leader, just as Saul was, against the Christian movement. And over a period of time, and by God's grace, Mahipal became a Christian. And the first time that he showed up in a church building, every person in the pew left. I mean, that's, that's what's going on here in Acts chapter 9. Is this a ploy? Is this just a trick that Saul is, is playing on people to try and get more Christians and, and kill them? Let me read to you verses 22, actually verses 27 through 28, because there's one person, there's one person who reaches out to Saul to help him. Guess who? Barnabas. But Saul, uh, here it is, and, but Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus and he was with them moving about free, freely in Jerusalem speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. I'm wondering in my mind if if Barnabas had not taken the time to reach out to Saul, to accept him, to welcome him into the fellowship, and then to take him and encourage the other apostles to, to, hey, this guy is for real. If Barnabas had not done that, I'm wondering if Saul would have even made it spiritually. Barnabas did for Saul what he did best. He was encouraging others. Look at Acts chapter 11, verses 22 through 26. Acts 11, verse 22 through 26. The news about them reached the ears of the church at, at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to, there it is, encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met 
with the church and taught considerable numbers and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. I see some really good things happening here in this church at Antioch and part of it was, was because Barnabas was encouraging people. You see the church is growing. You see that the church is excited. People are coming to Jesus. And a lot of this is happening because there's a man named Barnabas in the church and he's just going from person to person and he's giving encouragement to them. He's lifting them up. You know, if you've got people in a congregation who are encouraging each other and lifting each other up, it is going to create an atmosphere where good things can happen in the church. I want you to know that could be this church. You. And you. And you. And you could be Barnabas in going from person to person just giving a word of encouragement to them. And if you would do that, what a difference it would make in the life of this church because where, where, where encouragement prevails, then some really good things begin to happen as a result of it. I visited with a lady just this week who wants to join our church because she have, has felt so welcome here and she has experienced encouragement from our congregation. And this is something she said to me this week, Monday, when I visited with her. She said this, I even had someone come out to my car yesterday with an umbrella and they helped me into the church to keep me dry from the rain. She said, I've never had that happen anywhere before. That happened last Sunday as we had guys standing at the door with umbrellas and they're looking for people that they can welcome into the church. I wonder if as they were doing such a simple thing, did they know that they were going to make a difference in somebody's life? You're speaking a word of encouragement to someone. You may not think that it's that big of a deal, but on the other side, it may be at such a time that it lifts that person up that it makes truly a difference in their life. Encouragement will draw people to our church. And as the church grows, the level of excitement grows. Again, one person who is an encourager can make a difference in the lives of so many people. And I believe this to be true. This, this spirit of encouragement, it's contagious. It's contagious. People will catch on that this is a very good thing. One encourager leads to more encouragers. I'm wondering, what if, just dream with me for a moment, what if every person in this church was giving a grand effort towards being an encourager to those people around them? 
If that would happen, I truly believe, I am not exaggerating this morning, if that would happen, the sky is the limit for this church to the glory of God. It's not about us, but it is about Him. We are His body, and we are to be bringing glory to Him, and we are to be looking for opportunities to bring people to Him, and that is going to be happening as we seek to be encouraging towards those around us. I want to ask every one of you to take this message to heart. This message is for you. God wants you to be a Barnabas. He wants you to be an encourager to those people around you. Let me give to you another passage of Scripture about Barnabas that I think is just very interesting. Chapter 14, verses 21 and 22. After they had preached the Gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they, this is Barnabas and Paul, they're traveling together, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. What's Barnabas doing here? He's, he's going back to the churches that they have already established, and he is encouraging those people. He's helping them grow their roots deeper so that they can endure hardship. Now here's what was interesting to me. And this was brand new to me in my study this week. The Greek word, you, you remember the New Testament was written in the Greek language. That's the original language. And so it's very important for us to know the meaning of these words in the Greek language. So the word encouraging is parakaleo. Now, I don't know about for you, but for me, as I, I, I don't even have to know the meaning of that word to realize that that's a significant word because I recognize it from another word. Let me give to you another word. Comforter. Who's our comforter? The Holy Spirit whom Jesus said, I'm going to give to you a comforter after I leave. And the Greek word for comforter is parakalitas. And you can see that these are from the same root word. And so what I learned from this is simply, as we seek to be an encourager to those people around us, we are actually doing the work of the Holy Spirit. We are coming alongside of that person. We are being an aid to that person. We are comforting them. We are encouraging them. We are consoling them. We are lifting them up. And as you do that, you are doing the work of the Spirit to that person. 
We need more of that to be going on in the Lord's church. We need people to be standing with one another and helping one another, lifting up each other's spirit rather than tearing one another down. And and I'm thankful that that doesn't happen a lot in this church. I have heard of churches where that prevails, that kind of spirit prevails, where there is a tearing down of one another. That should not be prevalent in the Lord's church. In fact, it shouldn't even be present in the Lord's church. We are, that, that kind of activity is a part of an unholy spirit. I'm talking about that work which is of the Holy Spirit, that work which is encouraging, that work which is building up. And it's not just for somebody else to be doing that. That's for you to be doing that. This is for you and me. We all are to be encouragers of one another. Now there are some who have special gifts. A special gift of encouragement. Just like every one of us who has the Holy Spirit in us, we have been given a spiritual gift. And some are given the gift of encouragement. And I would almost bet that if you just open your eyes and look around and pay attention, you can tell who those people are that have the gift of encouragement. They just do so well at this. But this does not excuse any of us from encouraging people. You cannot say, well, you know, I don't have this gift and so I don't have to worry about encouraging others. No, we are commanded, every single one of us, to be encouragers of one another. Let me read to you some of these Scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Romans 14.19 So then, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Romans 15.2 Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. 1 Corinthians 14.26 says, Let all things be done for edification. And then finally, I think one of the hardest verses in the entire Bible to put into practice, Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only those words which are good for edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear you see we we all are to be encouraging those around us i want to ask you are you a barnabas Are you one that is speaking words of encouragement to your brothers and sisters in the Lord? We need you to be that kind of person. May your words and your deeds bring strength to your fellow Christians. I'll show you one more passage where Barnabas is being an encourager to someone else. Chapter 15 of Acts, verses 36 through 40. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, 
who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul took, chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. Wow. Here you have two brothers, major players in the Lord's church, clashing. They both got their heels dug in tight and are not budging. What was the argument about? The argument was about John Mark. And apparently John Mark had gone with them on an earlier journey and in the midst of the journey he had quit. He'd gone home. And we don't know why this happened. There's speculation. Maybe he got homesick. That's one of the the speculations about why he may have quit. There's other speculations. I was looking in my study Bible last night under this passage of Scripture, just reading what had to be said. They had three different reasons as to why he might have left. It's all speculation. The thing that we know for sure is he left and Paul was not happy about it. He felt like Mark deserted them. He quit on them. And so it comes time for another journey, a missionary journey. We're going to go back to the churches and we're going to encourage them. And Barnabas says, hey, I want to take Mark with us. I want to give him a second chance. Paul says, no, (laughs) no way. No way are we going to do that. He quit on us the first time. I don't want to give him that opportunity to do that again. And Barnabas wouldn't budge. And it was such a sharp disagreement that they decided to part ways. Barnabas went one way with John Mark, and Paul went the other way with Silas. Now, it turned out to be a good thing because now there was not just one team going out of missionaries, there's two teams. And both teams are being effective. And you know what? Barnabas taking Mark with him gave Mark this second opportunity. And Barnabas mentored him and you know, I, I don't know if Mark would have made it had it not been for Barnabas being so intent on giving him a second chance and being an encourager to him. Now think with me for a second. This is the same Mark who wrote the book, the second book in our New Testament that bears his name. And he writes a gospel about Jesus. He's he's telling the story of Jesus along with Matthew and Luke and John. This is the same Mark. And then we have Paul, whom Barnabas has had a great effect on too through his encouragement. I'm wondering, 
You know, Barnabas didn't write one single book of the New Testament, and yet we have Mark and we have Paul, who together, their content that has been written is more than half of our New Testament. What difference can one person make in their encouragement to others? It can make a world of difference. And I'm just wanting to ask you, I'm wanting to charge you this morning. I'm wanting to implore you to be a Barnabas. To be an encourager. To look for opportunities. To encourage those people who are around you. You say, who? Who could I encourage? Well, there's all kinds of people that you could encourage. You could begin by encouraging the church staff. I'm thankful that many of you do that. The church staff needs your encouragement. I can think of times through the years where someone has said something to me or they've written a card to me and I've opened it and it has been like a drink of cold water to a thirsty soul. It came at just the right time that I needed it. We all are that way. We need encouragement. The young people here in our church need encouragement we heard from jimmy this morning stand up here and talk about ciy and what it has made a difference in his life and next week a fundraiser meal we have an opportunity to be an encouragement to young people by showing up next week and having an offering for them for ciy that it might make a difference in people's lives the young people need encouragement. They need words of encouragement. They don't just need our money. They need our prayers. They need our words of encouragement. It's hard to be a Christian young person in today's world. The folks who are visiting our church, they need our encouragement. The folks who are... We have folks right here in our family who are losing loved ones or their loved ones are, are getting ready to die. They need our encouragement. We have folks who are struggling with their health or finances. They need our encouragement. Maybe you know of someone whose marriage is struggling. Maybe you know of someone who's struggling with their kids. They have a prodigal son or a daughter and they need your encouragement. We have widows in our church, a number of them. They need our encouragement. We have college students who have gone out from this place to somewhere else to, to, to be educated. They, they're away from home. They need our encouragement. We have kids right across the street who are away from their home and they're here in our community and some of them are coming to our church. They need our encouragement. For a moment, I want you to look at the person sitting next to you. Just look at them. That person next to you needs your encouragement. You don't have to look very far to find somebody that needs your encouragement. You say, what can I do? Well, there's all kinds of things that you can do. You can speak a good word to them. You can give a hug to them. I, before church this morning, Martha was handing out hugs and I got in line. <laughs> because I just like getting a hug. I need a hug. We all need 
encouragement. And we, you, you might say, I don't need no hug. <laughs> I'm not the hugging kind. Well, you know, we we got we to gotta get to know people and re- find out what their needs are. Maybe they don't need a hug, but maybe they just need a good firm handshake. Maybe they just need a smile. Maybe they need a, a, a word of encouragement. There's all kinds of things you can do to encourage someone. Make a phone call. Send a text. Write an email. Give groceries to somebody who is in need. Bake a cake. Bake a coconut cream pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 1990 Maple Row. <laughs> Help somebody on a project. Keep your ears open. And when you hear somebody who's doing a project, offer some help to them. I'll never forget. Probably seven or eight years ago, I was roofing my house by myself. I say by myself. I had some help. I, my son was helping me, but I, I'm meaning I, didn't, I hadn't hired anybody to do this. I got Jonathan helping me, and I had some church kids that, that I was paying to come and, and help me get the shingles off and, and put them back on. And I was about done with the job, but I had the front of the house yet to do. And one evening, about five guys from the church showed up unexpectedly, and they helped me finish the job. They, somebody had driven by, and they saw me up there by myself, and they found out what was going on, and they just showed up. And that was seven, eight years ago, and I'm still encouraged by it every time I think about it. I mean, it, it, it can just be that kind of a thing. You keep your eyes open and your ears open and you, you look to see what you might do to help somebody. Somebody's having surgery, you hear about. Well, go sit with their family during the surgery time. And it, it's, boy, you can encourage somebody that way. A new guest comes into the church. Why don't you invite them out to lunch? Pay for their lunch. You've got couples here, young couples, who are, are they've got little kids and, and, and their nights are at home taking care of the kids. Why don't you offer to babysit one night for them and say, give them a $20 bill and say, go get something to eat. I'll take care of your kids. They'll never forget that. Be a Barnabas. Be a Barnabas. A son, a daughter of encouragement. You don't need training. You just need to do it. Through the Holy Spirit. As He prompts you. One person can make a difference. His name was Jeremiah Lampier. The date was September 23rd, my birthday, 1857, a few years before I was born. The location was New York City. For days, Lampier had been handing out flyers about a time of prayer. He likely distributed more than 20,000 flyers by himself. 
He was a man under God's conviction. He was desperate for a move of God. And he knew no human power system or organization could manufacture such a move. So he prayed. And he called others to prayer as well. Lamphere probably had great anticipation that many would show up at noon on September 27th. The city had a population of one million. His flyers were likely seen by more than the original 20,000 recipients of the flyers. So he went to the borrowed upper room of a church and prayed and waited. For 30 minutes, no one showed up. Then he heard the footsteps of a few coming to the prayer meeting. Six other people joined him. Their numbers increased to 14 the next week, then 23 the next week, and the prayer meetings continued to grow. The presence of God was so powerful, those who were in the meetings decided to have the gatherings every day, and the numbers continued to increase. By the winter of 1857, the prayer meetings were filling three large churches every day. Then by the March of 1858, Every available public hall and church in New York City was filled up every day. Horace Greeley, the famous newspaper editor, sent a reporter to attempt to count the numbers at these meetings. He could only make it to six locations by horse and buggy in that one-hour period. He still counted 6,100 people. The prayer meetings... The prayer movement spread across the nation. At one season of this movement, 10,000 people were becoming believers every week. More than one scholar has estimated that one million people became followers of Jesus through these prayer meetings. A movement had begun, and it all started with one person. Now that's about prayer, what we're talking about today is encouragement but uh, the point is one can make a difference will you be that one